0: God's grace and peace be with you in the name of our risen Lord and Savior Jesus the Christ. Amen. So our memory, our text, the word that we're going to carry with us in our heart this week is from Hebrews chapter 13 verse 16. I invite you to read this aloud with me. Do not neglect to do good and to share what you have, for such sacrifices are pleasing to God. Hebrews chapter 13 verse 16. You Maybe seated if you'd like. Now, <clears throat> for those of you who were here, last week, we had a lesson on law and gospel. So for those of you who missed last week, I'm not going to issue a pop quiz or anything like that. That just wouldn't be fair. What we talked about really briefly last week was law and gospel. That the Bible is divided into law and gospel. It is distinguished between law and gospel. So when we read a a section of Scripture, we ask the Holy Spirit to lead us into an understanding of not just the context of what God is speaking, but whether what we are reading is either law or gospel. The law tells us what to do. It is centered on man's actions. The gospel, on the other hand, is centered on the actions of God. John 3.16 is a great example. God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. Ephesians 2, 8, 9. It is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not of your own works. It is a gift of God. See, that's God's actions. That's gospel-centered. So, our little quiz today, I told you I wasn't going to give you a pop quiz. I'm giving you a fair warning. The memory or the text from Hebrews chapter 13, verse 16. Do not neglect to do good and to share what you have, for such sacrifices are pleasing to God. Law or gospel? It's the law. God is telling us what to do. Do not neglect to do good and to share what you have. Now, furthermore, God distinguishes not between the passages that are either law or gospel, But when he talks about the law like this, he also distinguishes three different types or uses. That first use is what we would humanly call a curb. You ever walk across the street, not see the curb in front of you for whatever reason? Maybe you're texting, huh? Or on the phone or you're talking with somebody or your mind is drifting around and you're walking across the street and you come across a curb and boom. There it is. And you try not to look like you've just stumbled, right? I, I meant to do that, really, right? You kind of, like, straighten yourself up, all right? It straightens you up. That's the curb. It's really law. It serves to restore order in our civil society. And then God uses a second use of the law. It's a mirror. Ooh. I mean, we hate this more than the curb. I mean, the curb kind of, like, Kind of jostles us around. But that second use, this this mirror, God's word is really cuts to the heart, cuts in your heart. It literally throws up a mirror in front. Like, you know, you get out of the bed in the morning and your hair is going every which way, right? And you look like it just got up, right? Not a pretty sight, at least for me. And you look in the mirror and you go, oh, no, right? Let me shower. Let me do something. I know I look better than this. <laughs> That's what the mirror does. It reflects back at you about how God sees you. And it's like, oh, no. God nailed that. That's me. And it's designed to bring us to repentance, a sorrowful heart, contrition. It's designed to do one thing, not to punish, not to beat you down, not to make you feel guilty. It's designed to turn you around. To the gospel. God wants you to turn to him. That's what repentance is. So that second use, that mirror, even though we can't stand looking at it, allows us to see our need for the gospel of Jesus Christ. Then there's that third use. The third use is what we have right here in chapter 13 of the book of Hebrews. Don't neglect to do good and to share what you have. What does that mean? We have the curb, we have the mirror, and now we have the guide. And the entire chapter of Hebrews 13, by the way, this is your assignment, class. This week, go read, which is the law, I'm directing you, right? Go read the entire chapter 13 in the book of Hebrews. The law-gospel dynamic is, oh, it's so powerful in there. What the book of Hebrews is saying here in this 13th chapter is how to live your life. But it's based on one important text. Now that you know the gospel of Jesus, now what? Now what shall I do? And so God answers that question. Now that I know the grace of God in Jesus Christ, now that I know the cross of Calvary was established for me as a person, for you as individuals, now that I know that Jesus came in the flesh to take my sins and my burden upon himself, now that I know that he sacrificed himself on that cross, Now that I know that his body was broken for me and that his blood was shed for me, now that I know that, now what, Lord? And that's that third use, that guide. Now that you know what you know, this is how you should live your life. And in this particular section, God says, don't neglect to do good, to share what you have, because this is what is pleasing to God. See, we get to go out now and reflect the greatness of God's mercy in Jesus Christ. That's what our our text is all about. It's what we should intentionally, intentionally be asking ourselves in the power of the Holy Spirit. Now that I know Jesus died for me and rose again to a new life, now what shall I be and do for the Lord. How will God use me? Where are my gifts? Where are my talents? Where is my experience? Who around me needs to know about Jesus Christ? It's understanding that we have been chosen. Chosen. In the waters of holy baptism, God separates us, brings us into his kingdom for the purpose of serving him and serving others. Now we go to that text today about Mary and Martha. Talk about serving. And I know we love to beat up Martha. Oh, Martha was just so busy, right? I kind of feel for, for Martha. She wants to make things good. Who doesn't want to make things good? Who doesn't invite people over to their home and try to be hospitable? You don't go over somebody's house and they say to you, hey, I think I got some stuff in the fridge. Go make yourself a sandwich. You wouldn't do that, and you wouldn't expect somebody to tell you that. So you put yourself in the place of the guest, and you want to make things nice. You want to be a servant. It's in your heart to do it. That's what Martha's doing. But what she's also doing is placing herself under the law. I got to do this. I got to serve. I got to make things right. She's walk, running around the house. You can just picture that. I, I can picture you doing it. <laughs> I can picture you doing it because that's what I do. We're running around the house trying to make things good. The problem with that is that we sometimes lose focus of who our guests are. Didn't you ever leave a party after somebody left your house and you say, boy, you know, I didn't get a chance to really talk with so-and-so. I never really got a chance to ask him or her how things were going. I need to call them up and see what's going on. Call them up and see what's going on. They just spent three hours in your home. (laughs) Yeah, that's what Martha was doing. She was placing herself under the law, I got to do. And she felt burdened. And the law of the Lord perceived that. She felt burdened. She felt anxious. She felt weighed down. She felt all alone. I'm the only one who's doing this stuff. That's what the law does. And so she goes and appeals to Christ. Lord, you got to talk to my sister. You got to get her over here and help me. And the Lord just gently, gently corrects her. Martha. Oh, dear, sweet Martha. Mary has chosen the good thing. See, her devotion was under grace, under love. She was at the Lord's feet. She was relating to him and she knew he was relating to her. That's what it was all about. That's God established us to have a relationship with him, not to do stuff for the sake of doing stuff. God calls us back from placing ourselves under that law and rather realizes that he made a place for us under his grace. Christ tells her, Mary has chosen the good thing. That can never be taken from her. Whoa. You see, our works and the burden that we are under sometimes... What the Lord was implying there is that can be taken from you. That doesn't last. You do good today, tomorrow, what do you have to show for it? You gotta start all over again and try to build yourself up again. I did good yesterday, I gotta do good tomorrow, gotta do better. You're always striving for something and you're missing what is the most important. On the other hand, Mary, what she was being and doing, could never be taken from her. That's what he was saying. She chose well. She's under grace. The blood of Jesus can never perish or spoil or fade. That is St. Peter's words in his first book. And what you are about to receive this morning... The body and blood of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins and the strengthening of your faith, that can never be taken from you. It's not man-made. Oh, sure, the elements of the bread and the wine are, but what you are also receiving is the body and blood of Jesus, according to his word and his promise, and that can never be taken from you. We are little lambs in the hands of the good Shepherd. And he draws us to himself, and he allows us to see the greatness of his grace so that we may go forward and to share that in word and in deed, the greatness of the mercy and grace of Christ Jesus. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Would you please